music. It's almost Pavlovian. I hear it and my mouth begins to water. My stomach begins to sense what my ears already know, that it's time, time for another bonus audible food fiesta. In this episode, an eight-course smorgasbord. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange and food stories. The chocolate lava cake. That is great. I uh, I had an experience of having a chocolate uh, lava cake at Danny's, a popular brand that is usually found on highways. So I was just, it was just wow. Like I had it and I, I thought like, what amazing this thing is. So I at that moment I, I thought that I should I should have this thing back in Pakistan as well. This week, beware the devil's blood. A place where mashed potatoes aren't a thing. And three simple words chocolate lava cake. Join us on the journey to the outer reaches of your taste buds. It's 22.33. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And That's what we call cultural exchange. I put popcorn in my soup all the time. Um, My, the family that I was living with, they were sort of my landlords. Um, They always put popcorn in their soup. And so I took that with me because I think it's the best. I still yearn for a bowl of boudin um, chowder from Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. You know, when they when they hollow out the sourdough and then they, they serve the soup in that and, and you go and eat that. I would love that back in the UK. Corn dogs, uh, baseball games. We went to a couple of baseball games. We went and saw the Washington Nationals uh, in DC and that was fantastic that was a great experience so many people just chatted to us explained what was going on and but the, the food there was great as well uh, and then at dickie park dickie stevens park rather in arkansas watching the travelers again the, the food and the camaraderie and and and, and people's uh, discussions we had fried green tomatoes from a great restaurant in uh, little rock um, some really interesting foods. I mean, everybody in the Western world certainly could probably do with eating a little bit healthier. And again, there's a perception in the UK and in Europe that, you know, American food can be quite calorific and, and is not terribly healthy. But it was great stuff, it was really enjoyable stuff. Just trying things that I've never come across since. They were great. I mean, uh, social media is a wonderful thing, but it makes me incredibly hungry because I still follow Doze Eat Place on Facebook. And they flash up all these things that they've got on the menu and all these offers. And they say, you know, who's coming over tonight? And I just think, man, I wish I was there. I really miss that. Uh, 
يعني نحن في طبيعتنا كشرقيين او از يو نو وي ار فروم ميدل ايست اند بروبلي اي ويل نوت سي ميدل ايست ايفن ان عراق وي دونت هاف ذس اتيتيود تو تراي نيو فود نيو كوزين وي دونت هاف ذات وي وي ستيك تو اور كلتشر ستيك تو اور فود سو ات واز فيري ديفيكولت وين اي كيم هير تو نايت ستيت سو اي ديدنت تراي ريلي ماتش تو ماني ديفرنت كوزين بات ذن وين اي ميت ذس جنتلمان هيز ان عراقي امريكان عراقي And he asked me, what you want to eat? And I said, well, oh, you really will do, give me what I want? I said, yeah. He said, okay, Iraqi kebab, which is from Iraq. And, his, and then he answered me and he said, he was really shocked. And he said, you come all the way from Iraq to United States to eat Iraqi kebab? <laughs> and that was really funny. My roommate during my Fulbright year, Nasiba. I guess one thing that really brought us together is that we both love to cook. Um, and so through her, I learned to make a lot of um, traditional Central Asian food. And I taught her a lot of um, American recipes. And whenever we had people over to our house, they always sort of laughed at the fact that what we served was kind of a fusion between American dishes and Trojan dishes. We liked uh, learning about each other's meals and cultural traditions. And uh, we've talked a lot about writing a cookbook together as well one day, um, just so that Central Asian food and dishes came to the West, but um, it's not something we've started yet, so hopefully one day. I grew up in Pakistan as a refugee, and Pakistan, like India, uh, eat very spicy food. And so when your palate is used to that level of spice, and you come to the U.S., and you go to Taco Bell, and they have the volcano sauce, and you think, this must be really hot, and you try it, and it's really not that hot. Uh, so I was used to that. And then I went to this uh, roadside uh, tr- truck n- taco tortilla tortilla seller uh, and asked him what the hottest sauce he had was. And he said, well, I have this really hot sauce called the devil's blood. Uh, and I thought, well, I'll have the devil's blood. And he said, are you sure? And I thought, you know, this is America. How hot could it be? Yes, give me the devil's blood. And so he poured a couple of drops and I said, some more please and he did some more and I said some more please so basically um, by the time this tortilla was wrapped uh, it was filled with devil's blood and uh, I went to the park and I sat on the bench and I took my first bite and it almost blew off the top of my head Uh, and then I thought well now that I've had this and I've had this with so much bravado it can't be that hot I should probably try to eat this and try to finish this I could not finish that tortilla I finished only half of it and I regretted it for the rest of the week One of my good friends in Fulbright was a vegetarian, and food in Jordan is very meat-based, and particularly, and there's certainly there's some wonderful vegetarian dishes, but meat is key to having a good meal. And if you, and I learned this after cooking a vegetarian meal for Jordanian friends, is you actually are considered a really bad host or hostess if you 
have a meal or you serve somebody a meal that doesn't have any meat in it. And so, and I, I learned that the hard way. I, I didn't, my, I, my Jordanian friends, I think, thought I was cheaping out on them and just making a curry, um, <laughs> a vegetarian curry. But so anyways, my good friend in Fulbright, who was a vegetarian, really struggled when we got invited to go to people's houses because people were so kind and so generous and uh, would make these just sumptuous, very, very carnivorous <laughs> meals for us. And so she really, you know, hadn't eaten meat for like 10 years. And so it was really hard for her to, to go. And it's so rude if you don't eat what's served to you. And um, I mean, the food was just incredible. So what would she would do is she would sneak meat from her plate onto my plate. Uh, and I didn't want to be rude and make it seem like I wasn't eating food. So I just, I'd eat for two people. And so just about every time we got invited to Friday lunch, which is sort of, you know, one of the major, it's kind of like, it's kind of, uh, the Alabama equivalent would be lunch after church on Sunday or something like that. That's what Friday lunch is in Jordan. So every time we went to Friday lunch, I would just end up eating for two people. <laughs> so I, I had to join a gym after that. <laughs> really start trying to balance this out. But it was, I think for, for me, it was more important to be very gracious to our hosts who were having us than sort of the inevitable discomfort that would result. <laughs> Being biased, I'm from the Midwest. American beef is the best beef out there. I, I know those are fighting words, but American beef is the best beef out there. People do different things differently. Cinnamon's not a real thing or cinnamon's put on meat. That's another thing you learn when you're in the Middle East is that cinnamon is actually a good spice for meat. We usually think of it as a dessert or on um, cinnamon rolls, honestly. And mashed potatoes aren't a thing. So when we landed in that city, we came to know that there is no halal restaurant. And we ended up having food at some restaurant. So we just Googled some options. There was no kosher, no halal option. And then we realized that we should just pick, one, pick the best one and go with the seafood or vegetarian option. So we ended up picking a specific restaurant called The Taste. It was ranked very good on Google. Uh, we just uh, read the reviews. It was, I think, 4.5 and reviewed by a lot of people. So we ended up staying there. We ordered some uh, salmon sushi and uh, salmon and some sushi. Four people of us, we, we had like four different dishes. And all four people, they just uh, passed their dishes to every other. We just rotated the dishes to taste like which thing is the best. We ended up ordering more food from that restaurant. So that moment, I realized that food is something... Uh, that you can uh, like find anywhere uh, in any culture even if you go to some place where you don't have food as of your preference like biryani or something of your own culture of a Pakistani or Indian culture you can just end up uh, tasting that food it might not uh, be good for your taste gums but it would definitely be food and you might develop taste gums uh, for that food later on. So uh, the best thing is to just try a little bit of the food and then go for it if you like it. The experience in South Haven, it made me realize that any part of the world, if I would go, veggies, seafish, it is always allowed for me. 
there there is a little bit concern in as per my religion that some people like they use the cooking wine and that is not uh, pr- uh, permitted for muslims to consume but the restaurants are always willing to do for that for you so you can just request them that don't use the cooking wine they would not use it so uh, that experience was uh, i think it was life changing for me now i don't uh, have a tension that if i go to a new city how would i manage my food because in every city i would have options Twenty-two-thirty-three is produced by the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Worst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. Twenty-two-thirty-three is named for Title Twenty-two, Chapter Thirty-three of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. Featured in this week's episode were Carlin DeHarsh, Shabazz Ahmed, Kristen Earthen, Alistair Ross, Husham Al-Tahabi, Alyssa Meyer, Ahmed Shuja Jamal, and Grace Benton, whose stories you have or will hear soon on regular 2233 episodes. For more about ECA exchanges, check out eca.state.gov. And we encourage you to subscribe to 2233 because really, where else are you going to get your bonus food episodes? And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. You try saying that fast. Special thanks this week to everybody who shared their crazy food stories, delicious or otherwise. Featured music during this segment was I Found a New Baby by Roy Eldritch and Dizzy Gillespie. Music at the top of each bonus food episode is Monkeys Spinning Monkeys by Kevin McLeod, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time. <laughs>